0: The promise of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician. And she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and postpartisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, here's your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy.
1: After watching the televised impeachment non trial last week, a few thoughts come to mind. One, I've been right all along. Trump would never be impeached for l'affaire Ukraine. Two, a casual observer might wonder if the accused was Donald J. Trump or Joe Biden or Hunter Biden. Three, Rudy Giuliani was correct when he asserted in 2018, truth isn't truth. Four, too many Republicans have set the example for American youth that the rule of law does not matter. American values are so yesterday, so just for the chumps. In Donald Trump's America, anything goes as long as you can get away with it. Five. American politics are so polarized at the extremes that way too many of us have simply tuned out. Six, the president has masterfully sculpted the 2020 presidential race to his own advantage. Seven, Twitter is an electronic sinkhole. But the good news... The Rick Wilson followed me this week, keeping me in the fight for duty, honor, God, country, classic liberalism, American conservatism. Welcome to the Reimagine America Radio Hour. I'm a businesswoman, not a politician. I solve problems. I don't make them. Before the trial began, I said I didn't think the Senate would impeach the dawn of the Moron Mafia, but I never imagined that the GOP wouldn't even make a showing of a fair fight. There'd be some show of fair play, some documents and witnesses, I believed. What about an even trade of Bolton for Biden, both of whom had said they would honor a subpoena? Even when the Democrats said it could be done in one week. Even when the Democrats suggested that the Chief Justice could review all the documents and video depositions and make a determination about their relevance. Jay Sekulow, who claims that he's argued 30 plus cases before the Supreme Court, got up in the well of the Senate below the bench on which the Chief Justice was sitting, and to the Chief Justice's face said, we, the President's lawyers, could not agree to that. They could not agree to the independent judgment of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. I take it that Jay Sekulow is not planning to argue any more cases in front of the Supreme Court. On Thursday, Adam Schiff relayed a fresh exchange between the D.C. Circuit judge and a Department of Justice lawyer. Literally, the conversation had taken place and was reported to him in real time, so within about five minutes. The Department of Justice lawyers argued that the president is immune from congressional subpoena. The judge asked, well, then what is Congress's remedy? The lawyer answered succinctly, impeachment, thus clearly demonstrating the fallacious statements of the president's lawyers when they argued that there should be no witnesses because the House had not exhausted the subpoena power in the courts. Can you say stall? In the technology world, where I come from, we would call that a do loop. Round and round from the if statement to the then statement onto infinity. We call it a bug and set someone to the task of fixing it. Then at midnight on Friday, After the Senate had voted down any and all efforts for witnesses and documents, ignoring the Bolton manuscript leaks and the corroboration of of both of those leaks, the Justice Department told the D.C. Circuit Court that it had 24 additional emails from OMB officials to other members of the government that were germane to Congress's investigation. Those 24 had been withheld in December from a FOIA request. And, they, and OMB's and DOJ's lawyers continued to, to insist they would not make the emails available exerting executive privilege. You and I both know that eventually the court will get and release those documents and someone will have to explain themselves. Republicans in some swing Senate seats will have to explain themselves. McSally is a name that comes to mind. Gardner is another. My first takeaway from this whole brouhaha is that the do loop must be closed through legislation, making the rules about subpoenas and about foreign interference in two separate pieces of legislation, open, clear, and the same from one president and one Congress to the next. Either renew the special prosecutor function that preceded both the Nixon and Clinton impeachments, a special prosecutor has grand jury subpoena power, for witnesses and documents, which they then box up and send to the House of Representatives. Or, or there are alternative methods or enact legislation empowering the House to collect this information sitting as a quasi grand jury. It will take one and only one federal court test to validate the principle that the president is not above the law, or I should say revalidate the principle that the president is not above the law because in the case of of Nixon v. Congress, that's what the Supreme Court said, and that is the law of the land. Pam Bondi, the former Attorney General of Florida, who has been a very well-paid lobbyist since leaving government, made a two-plus-hour presentation about Joe and Hunter Biden that had nothing to do with whether the president abused his powers and illustrated how cavalierly his team has flaunted their disrespect of Congress. A non-lawyer could have made the same presentation. It was nothing but a compilation of parts of public records videos emails and news accounts that painted a picture an edited picture not just unflattering but if you've been paying attention also untrue now you don't have to believe me but let me give you a premise if trey gowdy in 2016 thought there was anything there He would have done to Biden what he did to Hillary over Benghazi. Or put another way, he'd have done to Biden over Ukraine what he did to Hillary over Benghazi. But Trey Gowdy is a smart prosecutor. When he sees a hot potato for what it is, a very hot potato, he declined to even mention the subject in the House Intelligence Committee. The truth is that Joe Biden was the Obama administration point person in Ukraine. And when he demanded the resignation of Prosecutor Shokin as a condition for a billion-dollar loan guarantee, he acted, he acted in public. He acted in coordination and on the instruction of the United States Department of State, the European Union, and the World Bank, who were the three guarantors of that loan in part because Shokin had failed to investigate corruption at Burisma. Hunter Biden's role on the Burisma board was in very poor taste. It didn't look good. It didn't smell good. Or, you know, we've talked on earlier podcasts about the history of first family members trading on their name for profit, on their last name for profit. Did I mention that Ivanka's company got another five Chinese patents last week? Tim Cook is so envious because he can't get them. It might even be a subject for an attack ad in a political campaign. So here's a second takeaway take from last week's proceedings. There should be a provision for censure of a lawyer who abuses the Senate chamber to create a narrative without evidence for some not on trial or considered as a witness. Character assassination cannot be allowed to, become, to get a patent of legal legitimacy. It debases the Senate and the senators the world's greatest deliberative body. It must be censured lest it become a norm in American courts where ironically, one goes to get redress from libel or defamation. The desperate fear the White House and Senate Majority Leader McConnell have of what witnesses like John Bolton or Mick Mulvaney or the Bidens might say, What's in those redacted 24 emails? What else is there that we don't know about yet? Pregnant pause, yet. Do not point to innocent explanations, but do point to how prescient Rudy Giuliani was in 2018 when he said, truth is not truth. He later clarified that statement. I don't mean that as a pontification on moral theology, but one referring to a situation where two people make precisely contradictory statements. A classic, he said, you said. My son learned very young that lying about what he had done was not going to be punished nearly as severely as me finding out that he had lied. At some point, the over 16,000 lies that Donald Trump has told since 2016 are going to catch up with him. The consequences of those lies will also catch up with the Senate, I fear, and probably before they catch up with the president. Mitch McConnell bet his majority leadership on Friday. He bet that he could outrun the lies. I'm not so sure that he's right. You know, again, go-to-market strategy is something in my back pocket. And I can see the TV ads now, and they will be ugly. And a razor-thin majority left after November might not be a majority at all. He might not hold on. Yeah, he will hold on, probably. To North Carolina. But I fear that Colorado and Arizona, which were already long shots with changing demographics, may now be out of reach. That in fact, Gardner and McSally guaranteed themselves a primary victory that will cost Leader McConnell two votes after the November election. And then there's Ben Sasse. Remember that book, Ben, that you wrote about good parenting and giving your teenage children values to live by? He did it. He lied about it. He refuses to take responsibility when caught red-handed. But I shouldn't want him to accept responsibility for what he did, because he might say something nasty about me in my primary election. Is that a classic example of a parent who says to their children, do as I say, not as I do? That abrogation of American values has been warmly embraced by presidents, and I put that in quotes, of former Soviet Union satellites on Twitter with blue authenticators, so I know they're real, and I'm going to paraphrase a little. Thank God now we won't have to listen to the Americans preaching to us about the rule of law and corruption being bad for our democracy. Let that one sink in for just a second. I'm sure it's a relief to the White House this weekend before the Super Bowl interview. Polarization and democratic politics actually took center stage in Iowa this weekend. The president went off and played a little golf. I actually had to chuckle. The squad, all burning for Bernie, booed Hillary Clinton in Iowa on Friday, and Twitter is uh, a-tweeting, ignoring Friday's events in the U.S. Senate, or eclipsing them might be a better word. But the Republican split is no less dramatic. The classic conservatives falling away and giving rise to super PACs that are fundraising for Democrats. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. My inbox was full of those this morning. Last, but certainly not least, I find the president masterful in the way he has shaped so far the 2020 presidential race. If you don't think there's a direct relationship between Joe Biden's slip into third place and Pam Bondi, if you don't think there's a direct relationship between Bernie's sudden surge and Pam Bondi, then you are not watching three days of Pam Bondi's forceful, if dishonest, impeachment of Joe Biden in the well of the Senate. Offering by that placement, a patina of legitimacy, and I use the word impeachment with deliberation. Donald may, not, may have been in the docket, but he docked Joe Biden's presidential ambitions. He believes Bernie will be easier to beat, and I believe he is correct. So I have to give him credit. It was good, but here's the problem. We don't yet know what the Bloomberg effect will be. The campaign against the Bidens that began in the White House even before the midterms never counted on Mike Bloomberg. Donald, it could still be La Faire Ukraine, the nation's third impeachment, divisive as it has been, was all for naught. But I fear, given the lessons not learned by Donald Trump, that we could find ourselves here again.
0: I pray not. Thanks for listening to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. You can learn more at reimagineamerica.org. Got a comment or an idea for a future show? Email Joyce at reimagineamerica.org or find her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy or at Reimagine Radio. Take a minute now and go to reimagineamerica.org. Join the forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you love the podcast, donate and tell others. You can invite Joyce to speak at your next meeting or conference through reimagineamerica.org. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at ricochet.com or C-SuiteNetwork.com. That's c c-suite sweetnetworkcom Together, we really can reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C-SuiteRadio.com.